Hello, food enthusiasts. Welcome to this issue of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host. As we always do, we are talking to people who are innovative and all about food. Today, we have with us a really fun guest, Chef Bay. You may have seen her because she's got hundreds of thousands of followers on her different channels. She's been on some network TV as well as the Food Network. And we are just excited to hear from her expertise and experience. Welcome to the podcast, Chef Bay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Chef Bay is your stage name, I guess I'll say, but also known as... Brooke Bayevsky. I just shorten yes. the Bayevsky and make it Chef Bay to be a little bit more of a my personal brand. Yes. And it probably got mispronounced all the time anyway, as some oh, names yeah, I've heard like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all I've heard the by time. the time they got yeah. By the time they got to Barfsky, I was uh I just said say Bay. <laughs> I was yeah. Bay before Bay was a thing. <laughs> yes. Well, and you are out by by one of the bays, uh, kind of close. You're a private chef in LA is one of the main things that you do, but you're involved in all kinds of things in the food space and you're so passionate about health. And that's really kind of the first topic I would love to hear from you about is like how you even got started in, in what you're doing now. Yes. So I've always been uh, a believer that healthy food is for everyone, no matter what your income level is or where you're from. Um, I cater to a lot of celebrity clientele in LA, but really how I got started in the health food space was based on where I grew up. I grew up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, adjacent to Springfield, Massachusetts, which has a very high food insecurity rate. So about 30% of children and families go food insecure, which means they don't know when their next meal is coming. They live on school subsidized lunches and food stamps and fast food. And this has always been devastating to me. I was so fortunate to have a roof over my head and three meals a day, but many people in the world do not. Um, so starting even when I was in middle school and high school, I would have healthy uh, bake sales, healthier baked goods that I would sell outside of my little grocery store and raise money for healthy kids cooking classes in my town um, and in Springfield. And then fast forward to college, I did a similar program. Uh, and then in New York, I started, led, founded an after school program for inner city children and families, teaching them the importance of a healthy diet, how to efficiently use food stamps that go twice as far at farmers markets than grocery stores and just how to eat healthy on a very limited budget. This program was so close to my heart. I self-funded it myself um, through my other food consulting work and it's still going on today. And then this last year have since moved out to LA and I'm looking to do a similar farm to table after school kids cooking program here. Wow, that is so exciting. I had no idea. And the fact that it's still going and you can duplicate that now in your newer city is really exciting. But that education piece, you know, it's sometimes when um, you grow up kind of in that food desert area or with food insecurity, you don't learn about how to cook with healthier food or how to shop at the farmer's market. Like you're buying the bag or the box off the shelf and thinking that's the best thing. What a great educational yeah. tool. I did not know that farmer's markets took food stamps. So there we go. I didn't even know that. Just, just informing people of, of what's going on there. So I hope some people that are listening to our podcast might be informed because where you grew up, 30% is a high percentage. Yeah, one of the like, highest in the country. So uh, I no food idea. shouldn't be just, it should be a given for everyone. You should have the access to a healthy diet. And 
One of the most important things is the education around a healthy diet, why it's important to live a healthy lifestyle, the fact that you can do it affordably. Honestly, when you add up how much it takes, how much it costs to feed a a family of four or five people with fast food, you can make a nutritious high protein meal at home for that same price, uh, even with food stamps. So a lot of this education piece, that's so important as a fundamental to a healthy lifestyle and diet these families and children don't have. So um, instilling it at a young age, um, and it's been amazing. Some of the kids in my classes actually have since reached out years later and said, I want to go to culinary school. So it's uh, really exciting. That's the ultimate, isn't it? When you can just pay it forward and have them have a passion just like you do for the food and get involved in that. Well, so you early on were really motivated. And then did you study food and all about health and nutrition, like all the way through school? Or did you take a longer road? (laughs) Uh, So I definitely did not have the traditional high school to college school route. I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do at the time of even college. And I figured it out as I went. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be in food. I was obsessed with food and healthy eating, but okay. I knew I didn't want to immediately go to culinary school. I didn't want to work in a restaurant or hospitality ever. So at which point my parents are like, what the heck are you going to do? I don't understand. And I just said, you know, I'll figure it out. I want a business one day. Right. So I'll go to business school. So I graduated from Syracuse University. I went, I did a dual program. So I got a business degree and a communications degree and a food science minor. And I, ah. as I was in college toward junior, senior year, light bulbs just went off because the idea of food on the internet was exploding and uh, product development in general in the health food space. So uh, companies like BuzzFeed, created BuzzFeed Tasty, which were those hand videos, the recipe videos on the internet that blew up maybe yeah. eight, 10 years ago. So I was the hands in some of those videos. And, you were? Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the uh, it's, I'll have to send you some of the videos of my hands. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, it was really fun. And yeah, the idea of food on the internet was exploding. Meal kits, meal delivery mm-hmm. services were exploding. Yeah. Healthier food companies that cater to dietary needs and restrictions were really taking off. So tiny right. companies is now are nationally recognized and the idea of cleaner products with recognizable ingredients is a trend that since has just taken off. And honestly, as light bulbs went off, I realized that that's food on the internet, product development, that's where I want to be. So uh, after graduation, I did a lot in the corporate product development world, working with small companies that I knew were going to become massive. And then some of the largest food companies in the world, like Freshly, the meal kit delivery service, doing product development for them, Nestle, Starbucks, healthier soups for Panera Bread. And I then started taking private clients on the side and then went to culinary school Uh, in the middle of all of that. I did. Okay. Then you went to culinary school. Then I went to culinary school. (laughs) So I did it definitely in a unique route. And I formed my career in an industry that didn't really exist until I, as I was entering it. So um, it's been a a really fun, a fun ride so far, but exciting things coming. Well, Brooke, I think we have a lot of food enthusiasts that listen to us. I I mean, other entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in the food space. And I I think your story is really an important one because like just the touch of food science in there, you knew you wanted a business. You didn't necessarily want to work in a restaurant. Well, you were more sure about that ever. You said (laughs) you did not want to do that ever, but there are a lot of other positions, a lot of other jobs and input you can have and, and entrepreneurial pursuits that you can have without 
being a restaurant worker, for example, and and you're a great model for uh, one of the ways that you can get there. I mean, you developed your business and you know, you're consulting with these companies and helping them with the healthy food, which is what your passion was early on. I, I love this story for so many reasons. I Thank mean, just, you. I grew up by I grew up in an allergy household. I'm allergic to soy. Oh. My my mom is gluten-free and dairy-free. My brother is allergic to peanuts and peas. And I, I was always in the kitchen experimenting with wow. recipes that my whole family could enjoy without having to pick it apart or uh, not be able to eat some part of the recipe. And right. then this was long before all of these incredible companies exist today that are the dairy-free cheeses and the gluten-free sourdough bread companies. So yeah. I being really that really sparked my creativity in the kitchen in terms of health forward product development and just breaking the stigma that healthier food that caters to dietary needs and restrictions is just yeah. better for you isn't bland, it isn't boring, it can be indulgent and sexy and social media worthy food that doesn't taste like a uh, a compromise and 50 million Americans have allergies that a lot of chefs in particular don't know how to cater to. So I'm happy to always lend a hand in consulting other chefs and restaurants and companies on creating products that cater to that. Well, first of all, 50 million is a huge number. I had no idea it was that large. I know that I encountered a lot more people that have food allergies or sensitivities. You know, some people are realizing they just have maybe a mild reaction to something and they've started to narrow it down because the awareness is so much better than it used to be. I mean, your mom was probably way on the front end of being gluten-free and dairy-free that that wasn't heard of. I mean, I guess, you know, there were very few products out there where you could safely consume anything that was in any kind of package. I imagine she could do, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and uh, meats right from the butcher and that kind of thing. But everything else was probably touched by some kind of allergen in the manufacturing process. I can imagine. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And even yeah. to be gluten-free certified, it goes above and beyond just an allergy or a sesame uh, certification mm -hmm. uh, or food safe in a production facility for an allergy. Uh -huh. It's just simply cleaning the equipment and then you're right. safe to make another product that has that allergen and it just says made on shared equipment. When you right. get to something like gluten, I, uh, an entire facility, the entire building down to what the employees eat has to be gluten-free. A crumb wow. of a cracker can't enter the lunchroom of that building to be certified gluten-free. So let alone it being uh, not popular, companies would have to completely renovate their entire building to be a completely gluten-free facility at a yeah. time where a lot of people didn't even know what this meant. Uh, so now now companies are gluten-free left and right. And it's a, it's yeah. a food trend more than even a, uh, that people just follow because they think it's healthier in general. So um, the, where we are today in the health food space that caters to every dietary need and clean ingredient labels is yeah. uh, incredible. Yeah. And there's more to come. I mean, it still needs to continue to evolve, honestly, but I can see where your services as a private chef and in the LA, I mean, I know you do East Coast to West Coast. You're kind of all over from what I gather, but, uh, you know, is really sought after because people do want those pure ingredients. And well, you can tell me a little bit about some of the profiles that you've seen or stories of people. I mean, who are some of your clients? Well, I don't need names of your clients necessarily, but, you know, profiles of some of the people that you're able to help because you've got the, the experience and the knowledge. Yeah. So being a chef in that 
the health food world and my shtick being catering to dietary needs and restrictions, along mm-hmm. with having the background of food science in general and product development. I've gotten a great roster of amazing high profile clientele, athlete clientele, royals, uh, which have been really exciting. And they all have very, very niche diets, whether it's for a role or just for the fact that they have I plenty of money to afford the best of the best superfoods and ingredients Mm -hmm. possible. And um, it's really fun working with these clients. I get a lot of opportunity to do some really fun R&D with unlimited food budgets. uh, And I get to go to the healthiest grocery store. So I can't say who I'm who I'm cooking for specifically, a lot of them are under NDA. Some of them will actually be uh, on my social media channels. I pretty soon so we will get an idea of some of the people I cook for but having that background of product development and then the science behind it that I studied in culinary school I did a health supportive culinary arts program so when someone comes to me and says I need a high protein low inflammatory gluten-free diet I know exactly what that means what kind of health or gut issues they likely have and how I can help heal people through food and treat food as medicine Wow. Uh, that is so powerful. And I'm, I'm just excited that number one, you exist and you have this focus because the rest of us can tap in. I know you'll give us all your contact information and we could tap in because you, you do post a lot about what you're doing and maybe some recipe ideas. Like you're, you seem very accessible because you want to help people. You're out there, you know, doing it, but you mentioned food science, like what's going on in food science now that we should be aware of what trends are out there? What's what's happening? I think it's an increase in certain trends we're seeing uh, already, which is the emphasis on clean labels, recognizable and readable ingredients, and then food that everyone can eat. Like I said, so many people are have food allergies and restrictions. Yeah. And of course, it goes back to even how our food is grown, how our wheat mm-hmm. is processed, that people that aren't even celiac are having gut issues with bread that leads them to a needing a gluten free diet, and just holistic medicine. So healing yourself through the power of fruits and vegetables and minerals mm-hmm. and superfoods I uh, is a huge trend. And I just clean clean eating across the board. And then also, uh, especially in California, which I love, uh, just being very farm to table and people love knowing where their food comes from. And there's mm-hmm. so many documentaries now about our supply chain in the US and how far your food travels and the environmental and economic impact of that. So the importance of yeah. shopping local, shopping seasonal are yeah. trends that are just going to continue to happen. And then people growing their own food when possible, and then just limiting the distance between farm and table that your food travels. In California, we're so lucky to have some of the best farms in the country and some of the best farmers markets in the country where farm fresh food is local and accessible. Not everyone in the country has that, but um, there's amazing companies that I'm actually doing a series with and partnerships with like Lettuce Grow, which is an indoor hydroponic garden unit that's completely eco-friendly and made with ocean plastic. Um, where it makes it really easy to grow your own food in your home. Um, That's been exploding in people's homes across the country. So uh, really, really interesting trends in terms of just in the health food space, in the cleaner eating and ingredient space in general. Yeah. So maybe there's some answers for people that are in climates that are a little different 
in the United States, you know, the West Coast has such a nice climate most of the year, especially depending on where you are. But, you know, the middle of the country, I mean, there some parts of the country have already had snow this year. So there's that. And, and obviously, it's not conducive to growing vegetables outside, but some of the hydroponic things you were talking about and, and some of the innovative things that are happening in the food growing area that will allow the average person just to have an area like in their home that where they might be able to grow some fruits or vegetables on their own, um, particularly vegetables, I think are the most beneficial uh, mm. for us to grow. I, I, there's just options out there. I mean, that's so exciting. Oh, definitely. And I, I, I uh, you don't even need to know really anything about gardening to grow your own vegetables in your home. Uh, it's perfect. Really just, uh, it's perfect. It's really just <laughs> feeding a unit and then it kind of grows in it itself and the vegetables yeah. are organic and amazing and uh, last longer and are cheaper than actually buying at a grocery store. So I think there's so many amazing companies like that, that you can grow vegetables in your own home. And Mm -hmm. then there's a lot of, uh, a lot more education than ever before about the importance of a balanced diet and the dangers of what, what is in our food in terms of processed food in the U S with, uh, processed oils and processed sugars that damage your gut and just don't give you energy. It's not food for fuel. It's, food that can end up making you uh, sick. So you really are what you eat as cheesy as that sounds. I know it does sound cheesy, but it's so true. And you were talking about the source of our food and how things are grown. You specifically mentioned wheat. I mean, is there any insight you can give our audience into what can they check out? Like what should they be looking for? Or uh, other than, I guess, grinding their own (laughs) grinding their own down flour and making their own bread and that kind of stuff. I mean, what can we do as consumers um, in our homes? I would say when it comes to wheat, um, organic is always great when accessible. Um, Heirloom greens are always the best Uh when accessible. That just means it's unadulterated by genetic modification or Uh non-GMO. That symbol on wheat is amazing. Another problem is our uh, manufactured yeast in our bread um, is Mm. actually can uh, really wreak havoc on our gut and our just bodies in general. And it makes people feel Mm. sick or bloated when they eat our bread in the US. And there's a lot of additives in a lot of our bread that's one the nutrients have been stripped out of the wheat um, when you're not eating whole wheat and uh, non-genetically modified wheat um, so the nutrients are stripped out and then there's a lot of added sugar in our bread that I uh, can tamper with our gut and microbiome of our body as well so I would say non-gmo organic when possible when and then a lot of people think they like I said have gluten intolerance or celiac when it's really just the quality of the wheat they're eating they'll go to another country and they'll be able to eat bread and pasta just fine so if you ever find heirloom grain breads they're absolutely amazing you truly notice a difference when you're eating higher quality food uh so there's some uh processed white breads out there that I would forever uh stay away from (laughs) okay well and and word to the wise because I I experienced that I don't eat very much bread here in the states and uh but I did go over to France and had no trouble eating their bread and pasta not that I have trouble I just don't feel great and so I choose not to eat it that bloaty feeling, but it might be more of the yeast. I'm learning a lot on this podcast today, Brooke, that we, I mean, Chef Bay is like sharing. (laughs) I hope everyone out there is paying attention right now to some of these little pearls of wisdom that you're dropping for us. I'm sure you have some sources that you've identified of good yeast and the heirloom grains, or is that the same as ancient grains? I've heard the term 
from ancient grains. Is that like the similar idea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just unadulterated grains that haven't been genetically modified mm-hmm. and processed. Um, actually, yeah. when I do grains for my clients, a lot of the yeast, I get it imported. Uh, Norway is a great oh. place for amazing yeast and bread. Actually, if you ever ask anyone that you know from another country that comes to the States, they'll say, you'll say, what's something you miss about the food in your home country? And 99% of the time when I ask this, people say bread. They go, your bread here tastes so sweet because there's so much sugar in it that mm. it tastes like a a pastry. Wow. We just have so much sugar in our food, but bread is the main thing. And it just adds, it has so much sugar. It's so sweet. It makes them feel sick. And a lot of it, it comes between, I uh, from the processing of our wheat and then the genetic modification that we actually, I, uh, there's more and more gluten, even as you process it and bake it into loaves, for example, the more wow. gluten you add into the bread, the bigger the rise you're going to get and the more product or volume of your loaf that you'll get for the least amount of product. So it actually helps companies' margins and their overall profit by less ingredients in a larger loaf. So they're adding more and more and more gluten to these breads um, that our bodies aren't used to digesting along with all the added sugar and the genetically modified crops and the pesticides that go on the wheat. So a lot, a lot is going on in the bread world. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you went through that for us because I think if, if we've got choices and we do, you know, at least we, the information, like we were talking on the front end about just education. I mean, you don't have to be uh, suffering from food insecurity to be ignorant about some things that are going on in the food world. I mean, you're a professional in the space, but those of us who are just normal consumers, we're not watching all the trends and knowing what's happening with the ingredients and maybe seeking out some of the quality ingredients that you are for some of your clients. So you're so much more aware of a lot of these things than we are. Um, well, tell me some of your favorite things to make or um, is is making a meal one, one of your really fun things, like putting it all together? Or what do you like doing in the food space? Like if you could do that, what, what do you like doing? Well, my dream one day is my own cooking show on a major network uh, oh, that okay. really caters to healthier viewers. I think people are care really about what goes in their bodies, clean ingredients, where their food comes from, how they can eat according to their dietary needs. I don't think there's a lot on food TV that caters to that. A lot of food looks sexy and delicious because it's deep fried and covered in butter and smothered in cheese on these major networks. Uh, But people don't really eat that way. And they are more and more, they're knowledgeable about uh, the foods they can eat and the importance of a healthy diet uh, as more comes out about the importance of it. So that would be my goal right now. I love sharing the importance of a healthy diet as much as possible, whether it's sharing it on social media. When I cook with my clients, I often Mm -hmm. uh, photograph and take videos of what I'm making. And then I share my recipes on my social media platforms Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram and TikTok. And I love catering to both um, private clientele. I do amazing events. I do ticketed dinners. I do uh, wonderful uh, events for health forward companies. So healthy sunscreen brands or regenerative Mm. farming companies or partnerships with eco-friendly plastic-free beverage companies and do zero waste dinners. So 
Uh, these events are always really fun because it generates a crowd that I normally might not hire a private health forward chef and they really find it such an innovative learning experience and they get to try my food that's better for you better for the planet so just sharing that message is super important to me yeah you really have that um, that education focus where you really want you just don't want to do it yourself you want other people to be seeing how it's done and learn about it and be able to do it too I mean and even starting at the younger age uh, with the kids and, and all of that. So, I mean, that's so, that's so exciting. What else do you need to tell us about? We have, we have covered a lot of different things. I'm excited to follow you on social media and, and find out all about what you're talking about and follow that. And, but what's, what is up next? I mean, we're kind of coming towards the end of 2022. What are the plans moving forward in 2023? Yeah. So exciting projects coming to my social media. So on Instagram, you can follow me at Chef Bay. Chef B-A-E um, on TikTok. It's Chef Bay, I-T-S-C-H-E-F-B-A-E um, or in the kitchen with chefbay.com. So I post a lot of exciting projects and collaborations. And then I actually have a TV show airing a full season of a cooking show that I'm going to be a part of called America's Test Kitchen, The Next Generation, which is really exciting. Mm. And I get to every episode um, is really me in a nutshell as a chef. So every single challenge that I'm given on this show, I put my health forward spin on it or make it cater to a dietary meter restriction. And I show how accessible and beautiful that food can be as well as being delicious. So stay true to who I am as a chef, but it'll be on Amazon freebie, which is Amazon's new streaming service starting Mm -hmm. On at 12 9, December 9th, and airing oh, an episode soon. every week. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. This is one of the first times I've spoken about it. So okay. this is really exciting for me to share. I filmed it How several fun. months back, and then uh, well. some awesome features on uh, some new segments, some appearances on uh, some TV shows coming. So mm-hmm. all projects will be on my social media for people to follow along on, on yeah. the journey. But I'm so happy to be spreading the importance of a healthy diet with everyone from my celebrity clientele on I the one tip of how to eat healthy with an unlimited budget and then the majority of America that has a very very limited budget and how you can eat healthy I affordable delicious meals without needing to go spend a thousand dollars at Air One which is a fancy grocery store here Um, and you can really do it with I uh, at a, a dollar store if you have to and make a healthy, delicious yeah. meal for a family of four. Very nice. I know that um, that's just a wide variety. You're, you have a little bit of something for everyone. And I'm so excited that you shared about your show on the future Foodcast. What better podcast to do it on just talking about the future food and how people can move forward in their own lives, eating healthier and better and closer to the original food type food uh, recipes. So I thank you so much for being with us today, Chef Bay. Of course, this was lovely. I'm so happy you reached out and I love doing podcasts. They're so fun and you're wonderful. So thank you so much. And anyone that's listening can feel free to reach out to me on social media or through my email that's on my social media if there's any questions. I love sharing the importance of a healthy diet and I'm happy to help anyone and everyone on that journey. So thank you so much again for having me. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. 
Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 